Get you good. Get you, get you good. Everybody got everything out. You got your notes out. You got everything ready. And now you can just stand up, right? All right. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as to learn. With open my ear, and I was not rebased, nor did I weigh. Now, if y'all want to remain standing for the rest of the service, you can, but if not, you can sit down. All right. <laughs> I'm the only one that has to stand, right, Bill? That's nice. All right. What are your expectations for 2023? I'm not going to be able to minister before the new year, so I thought I'd give you a precursor to, to the new year's. I'd get it early in the month, and then you guys can do it toward the end. But I noticed that Pastor Angela's been talking about the new. She says, you know, the past is gone, and we need to look toward the new. Well, we're fixing to close out a year, 2022, and we're fixing to start into 2023. And it's easy to go around and look at all the things that's going on in the world and all kind of get a bad, uh, bad idea of what's going to happen and coming forth and doing all this kind of stuff. And we begin to say, oh, man, what's going to happen in 2023? I tell you what, it's going to be a blessed year. It's going to be a blessed year. God is going to do great and mighty things. My wife and I were talking about it the other day. We're believing God to do great and mighty things in our ministry. We know that God, is, He's already showed us the way to go. He shows us where He wants us to go. I say, well, Lord, You've showed us the path. He gives you that little bit that you can see in front of you, puts a vision in your mind to be able to go. But we have to have expectations. I put a message not long ago about having, having our expectations. But coming into the new year, we need to have expectations of what we want from God. What are we looking for? What, what, what do you see? Some people say, well, I haven't really... Started looking. I'm still trying to get through Christmas. I'm not really looking into next year. We should always be looking ahead. We should always be looking into the visions that that God has has for us. But you may not have thought about it, but I'm hoping tonight that you think about it. So I want to... uh, Pastor Angel has been talking about new things. Well, I'm going to talk about renewing things, okay? So it's renew your visions. A lot of times people talk about visions and what is a vision... Well, the vision is a lot. Of, is something that you can see when you that that God lays before you. Uh, sometimes it can come in the point of a dream. Sometimes it can come in the form of a vision. Sometimes it can actually come through the Word of God itself. The Holy Spirit can speak it into our hearts. There's many ways that God speaks to us and guides us in what He wants us to do. Right, and it's important for us to realize that God has great expectations for us, but many times we get into a situation where we don't always. Uh, we're not always seeking for, 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 for all of the things that God has for us. We become kind of just stale and just kind of sitting there and just kind of making go from, you know, kind of in a rut, I guess you'd say, go in one place, doing to the other. But the Lord, the Bible tells us in, in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. I like what it says in the Amplified Version where it says, where there is no vision, and then it puts in brackets to explain what it's talking about with the vision. It says, no revelation of God or His Word. Can you imagine going through life or going through this next year with no revelation from God? Nothing that God wants to, to be able to get for us, right? And, and to be able to look at But people, it says, the people perish. But when you look at it, it says... And the Amphite says, where there is no vision or revelation of God in His Word, the people are unrestrained. 
We live in a world of people who are unrestrained. When I'm saying that they do what they want to do, when they do it, it doesn't matter what, they're just completely unrestrained. There's nothing holding them back from doing evil. There's nothing that's there. But here he says, if you have a vision, if you have a revelation, if you have something that God has put inside of you and builds that inside of you, you won't be trying to go here and go there and do things that you shouldn't be doing. You'll be wanting to do what God laid that vision on your, in your life. It's important for us to be able to see it. My wife told, has mentioned one time, she says, sometimes God only gives us enough to be able to see just a little bit in front of us. The rest of it is a walk of faith. How many of you, has God given you something in, in, in your past, a vision, but you forgot about that vision? You forgot about it. But the fact is, the vision that God gave you hasn't changed. It hasn't gone away. It's still there. It's still there. I think about, I look back and I see uh, uh, Jonathan and, and, and Molly back there, and I, I realize the times that they've talked about the, the, the vision that God had given them and the desire that was in their heart to be able to have a, a, a Spanish ministry and do that. But now it's come to fruition. Every Sunday, 2 o'clock, they're here. They're ministering the Word of God. The vision has become true. But that vision to start is only part of the vision. God has given them a greater vision. Why? To see it filled. To fill this church. Wouldn't it be great to have this church full with English speaking and then 2 o'clock in the afternoon have it full of Spanish speaking people? But that's something that we have, to, we have to see it in our minds, in our hearts. We have to see it, and then that vision then has to go forth. But there are many things that we have to, there are many visions that we can have, and there are many visions that need to be renewed, personal and whatever. But what I want to talk to you about tonight is, one of them is, we need to get a renewed vision of Jesus. Tonight with the Psalms, have all been talking about Jesus, Jesus, Bill gets up here and says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I want to tell Bill something. When you're, de- when you're down and you're discouraged, you start saying what Bill said today. You say, Jesus. You just start using his name, Jesus. And you begin to speak his name. It'll bring joy, unspeakable joy, into your life. Why? Because Jesus is the center. He's the one and all. He's the one we look up to. He's the one we look around to. He's the one. But we have, many people have lost sight of the vision of what Jesus is. Many people look at Jesus as a man. Because He walked on earth just like us, we say, well, Jesus was just a man. He's God. He was here from the beginning. He, was, he, he always has and always will be. But it's important that we renew our vision. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have... have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This is what I want to catch. Looking only at Jesus. Looking only at Jesus. That means you can't look at the circumstances that you're going through. You can't look at where you are. You have to look to Jesus. If you keep your focus on Jesus, keep your vision on what Jesus is, understanding what He is, it's there. It says that if we keep our eyes on Jesus, it says to rid ourselves of every obstacle, everything that stands in the way of God's vision for your life, you must... Bill did did all my stuff tonight. We need to step on the devil's head. 
Because anytime he puts an obstacle in the way, that does not take away the vision. It's just Satan trying to get your mind off of the, off of the vision and get your mind on the circumstances and the obstacles that he's put in front of you. But God doesn't want it that way. He says every obstacle and sin which so easily entangles us. When you start talking about sin, everybody knows what sin is, right? It's missing the mark of what the Word of God says. The Word of God tells us right here what we're to do and how we're supposed to live. And when we miss that mark, then that's sin. That's what sin is. I like to look at sin as the middle of middle little. It's all about I, what I, what I do, what I want, and so forth. But it says here, there, the sin that easily, so easily entangles us. Many times, there are certain sins in people's lives that they brought, that was, when they were in the world, they were very strong in their life. There were sins that were very prominent and strong in their lives. And when they come and they accept Jesus, Satan knows that weakness. He knows those weaknesses that you had before, and many times he comes right back at you to put you back into the same, into the same situation, into the same uh, 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 entanglements and the same uh, uh, opportunities and the same temptations to make it to where you would fall into those. And because they're so strong in your life, many times they're called strongholds, and that's why we have a special prayer on the first Friday nights of every, of every month to break strongholds. That means those things that grab a hold of you and entangle you into something to where if you get entangled, you get stuff all around to where you can't do anything. You feel like you're bound and you can't go anywhere. But Jesus said, if you keep your eyes on me and don't let yourself get entangled into all the things, but keep your eyes firmly focused on the vision that I have given to you, walk in that vision. But it says we have to keep the vision right now of Jesus Christ. We can't lose sight of Jesus Christ and what He is. Many times because... I know most of the people sitting here, uh, many of you have lived for, lived for the Lord for years and years and years. How many has lived for the Lord here over 50 years? Over 50 years lived for the Lord. That's a lot of, that, there's a lot of hands that just went up. The people who How many of you lived for the Lord over 20 years? Almost everybody in the place. Now, there's going to be some new ones. They may have only lived for the Lord a, a year, may have just recently accepted the Lord what we call a babe in Christ. But the people that are young and just accepted the Lord are babes in Christ, whatever age they are, they have the beginnings of something great in Jesus Christ. But you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You've got to keep that vision of what Jesus is. In Revelation 2, it told the people at, at the church at Ephesus, it says, you have lost your first love. What is our first love to be? Our first love is to be that of Jesus, right? Jesus is our first love. And over the years... Many people have become comfortable where they are in their relationship with Jesus. And once you become comfortable with something, you don't seek to get closer anymore. You get to that point and you just sit there and you don't move on into that relationship with the Lord. We need to renew our vision of God, and our vision of the Lord and what He is. We no longer, many times no longer work on the relationship with Him. It's just the same thing. We do the same thing every day, day after day, in and out. You know, same things, right? But we need to catch that new vision. We need to find out, recognize who He is. What He has in store for us this year. If we begin to look at Jesus and look at Him and begin to look at the things, He says, If you keep my commandments, ask what you will. 
and it shall be done. If we become part of the vine, we are part of the vine of Jesus Christ, right? We're all part of that vine. And if we stay connected to that vine, then we're going to produce good fruit. We're going to have good blessings. We're going to have good things all going forward, right? Because we're connected to Him. We can all do better. We can all. I think everybody. We can all do better in our walk with the Lord. I think everybody, sometimes we... we we, get, we do all that we feel like we can do. But, you know, when I was playing ball, and anybody here who's played in any kind of competition, the first thing that they, the coaches try to get you to do is to, is to put and make your body produce more than your mind is willing to let it do. In other words, to make, to, to make you push you to the point that you can do more than you think I can do. You're standing there and saying, I can't run another lap. I just, I just can't. I just can't run another lap. But you do. And he said, but I can't run the next lap. I, I can't do another one. But you do. Because they keep pushing and pushing and pushing. But if you don't push yourself, if you don't push yourself, then you stay in the same place and you never can move forward. It's, we need to renew that and be able to do that we can walk better. Just don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. That's the whole point. Next. We need to get a fresh vision, a renewed vision of something that you've never seen or had. Looking for something, get a vision of the things of revelation that God can give you of something that you've never been able to have before. Some people have been struggling for, in sickness for years and years and years. Other people financially have been struggling for years and years and years. They've never had that financial security. They've never had that real health in the Lord. Or they've never had that real job that they wanted. They've never had the right position or things that they want. But begin to look for things that you haven't had before. Don't get satisfied with just what you have, but what God has for you. Get a vision for something greater than you have. Don't get stuck where you are because God wants us to move forward in our lives and have a new relationship with Him. But it all starts with us looking and knowing, first of all, you have to know, does God want better things for you? How many of you know that God wants something better than what you have? He wants us to have something better than we have right now. Many people have great things. But just because you have great things doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to have something greater. It's all with how we look at what the Word says. In Jeremiah 33 Verse 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. That means He's going to bring you things that you, don't, you haven't even thought about. How many of you are thinking about something you never thought about? You can't, right? You haven't thought about it. But you can start praying say, God, give me a revelation. God, give me something that I've never had before. Give me, the, give me the thought to even think about it. I haven't even thought about it. If you go back and look in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 1 Corinthians says, But it is written, Eyes has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. How many of you love Him? You just qualified. He says, if you love me, then it says, 
You just can't understand everything, all the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. So if you love Him, He loves you. And many times we don't recognize the love of God because the first part where we're getting to know Jesus, we haven't really understand what His love is. Do you know there's people that don't even love themselves? How I mean, when you think about it, that, that is a very low place to be when you have no esteem for yourself. That's what happens when people commit suicide. Because people have talked many times, have bullied them and pushed them down, these teenagers and stuff, because they don't feel worthy. They say they're nothing. They're not, it's not even worth living for them. But it's because they've lost the vision of who they are, especially who we are in Christ. That's another message all within itself and don't want to get and go there. But thirdly, we need to renew our vision of heaven. How many of you ever just think about, sit around and think about what heaven is like? And you know, with all the thinking you can think, You can't even come close. But we don't think about heaven enough. If we thought about heaven, oh, can you imagine? I just, I just want to see that front gate. That's all I want to see. Gate. Jasper. One stone. All the streets of transparent gold. Pure gold. Do you realize that you can just sweep the streets in heaven and take gold home at the end of the night. You know? Can you imagine that? Everybody, everybody talks about, they'll see things and say, oh that's, oh, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Heaven is going to be so much greater. But when we lose sight of heaven and what heaven is, it takes away our, it takes away our desire to get there. But when we know what's waiting for us, when we begin to look at it and think about it and say, God, show me. I remember one time we were singing the song in praise and in praise in worship one Sunday uh, back in the back when we were praying, back in the, when we stood in the fellowship hall and we were praying. The song says, show me your face, Lord, show me your face. Show me your face, Lord, show me your face. This song. And I'm sitting there and saying, oh, Lord, show me your face. And what I, You know what I wanted to see? I wanted to see that beautiful voice of those eyes that everybody talks about looking into his eyes and seeing that peace and that love that's all there with him and all that. That's, that's the picture I wanted to see. But you know the picture that he gave me, the face that he showed me? His face on the cross. That wasn't the face I wanted to see because I didn't want to see the sufferings that he did for me. I didn't want to see the sufferings. I wanted to see that that beautiful face and that beautiful royal, you know, see him there in the robes of white and, you know, you know, glowing and got the circle around and shining all over and some light. You, know, you don't want to talk about all that brightness and all that stuff you want to see, but then you see something different. But the same thing is true about heaven. When we look at the throne and we look at, and one day realize that Jesus is going to be walking down that streets of gold and we're going to be standing on there. And I, I, I picture just people taking their crowns and throwing their crowns before the Lord. The, book, the things that you done for the Lord, that you did, that made it through the wood, hay and stubble, and became the precious stones and was made into a crown, a crown that was placed upon your head. I had a teacher in Bible school one time told me, <coughs> told a story about, about a vision that he had. It was called his thimble crown. 
is when he began to go in and say, well, Lord, I did this for you. And he says, yeah, but you told me, you asked me to do this and to give you strength to do it, and I did it. He says, yeah, but I, he says, it burned away. And all of a sudden, when he went through his whole life, all that was left was just a little bit of gold and precious stones and stuff. And so he molded him a, 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 a crown the size of a thimble, and he had to wear it on his little finger. And he said, he took that to heaven, and he said he was walking through the streets of gold, and he said he saw Jesus coming, and he saw people bowing, bowing down and throwing their crowns, these huge crowns, throwing them before the Lord. And when the Lord got to him, all he had was his little thimble thing crown because he had never did what God wanted him to do in life. But the thing about it is, when we start thinking about heaven and what it is and the magnificence of what it is, it renews us in that. It renews us. It says... <clears throat> In 2 Corinthians 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. This is Paul talking. And he says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, he's talking about himself, whether in the body I do not know, or whether in the uh, out of body I do not know, but God knows such one that was caught up into the third heaven. He got caught up and he got a glimpse of heaven. I don't know about you, but I've never got a glimpse. God's never showed me a glimpse of heaven. But He's written a lot of words that tells us a lot of what it looks like. And I try to use my imagination. I know my imagination is not going to even come close to what God has. But if we begin to think about and have a revelation and a renewed vision of what heaven is like, can you imagine what it's going to do for us? We should never, ever lose our vision of heaven. We must review our vision and keep it fresh in our hearts, and keep it fresh in our minds. Because that's where we're going, folks. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that's where you're going. We need to renew our vision for the lost. Acts 16, verses 9 and 10. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a man from Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called him to preach the gospel to them. Here we see a vision that God gave Paul for the lost. We all have to have a vision for the lost. We have a tendency to be very short-sighted when it comes to the lost. Many times we get... We're concerned with the loss of a child, one of our, that is closest. We have a tendency to be much more, um, how would you say, uh, aware of those that are around us, our family members. And that's important, and it should be. We should be praying for those. But we need to remember that Cypress, Texas, where God planted this church, has many, many thousands and thousands and thousands of lost souls that need Jesus. This is the place that where healing comes from, the healing of the heart, right? The healing of the body, where salvation comes. Salvation itself is healing. The word itself, salvation, is not only salvation for our soul, but salvation is in healing. God says He came to save or He came to heal. He came to heal, and that's what God did. And this is a soul-saving station and a place of healing. We need to renew our vision for the lost in our community to the point that we're ready as I mentioned, I think not long ago, I asked people where your mission field is. 
Mission field is when you walk out the doors of this sanctuary, you're walking into the mission field. When you walk out of your house, it's a mission field. We were giving out food on Saturday. <clears throat> People were coming through. I did not have, I had one car when I was doing prayer for the people. I had one car that when I asked them if they had anything for me to pray about, said, no, everything seemed to be doing okay. One car out of 60 cars. Everybody else wanted prayer. 60 cars wanted prayer. Well, 59, okay? 59 cars wanted prayer. That tells me there's a big, big field ready for harvest. The fields are ready, but the laborers are few. Because we lose sight of the loss and we get caught up in our churchiness. Coming to church, doing our praise, doing our, you know, we get praise, we thank the Lord, we do good, we feel good, we get the word, we take the word in us. You know, we're happy go lucky, we go out the door and we wait till next service to come back to the service to get renewed and, and keep ourselves renewed that way. But what about the souls that aren't here? Where's our vision for the lost? Where's our vision for those that God has, has brought and put in our pathway? But we have to have that. Reach beyond your community and continue support for missions throughout the world. We have, a, we have a mission field right here in Cypress, Texas. It doesn't even have to. Do you realize that we could fill this church up three times or four times over and never leave an address of Cypress, Texas? Just in just Cypress, Texas. But God has called people in from Houston. Other parts of Houston, some people drive further than other people. I happen to be one of those. I'm not the closest to church. Uh, Shelly and uh, Al got that privilege of getting closer to the church. And I think Kathy's next in line, Kathy Ridley, and then I think my wife and I are the next. But some people are, are here and some people are there. But we have to be able to keep the vision. And that takes me to the next one. We need to have a renewed commitment for our church vision. Fields are ripe to harvest, but we need to catch hold of the vision and renew our vision. Sometimes we've been doing it now for a couple of years, right? And sometimes it kind of gets, well, it's going on and we don't, we don't recognize that it's there. We don't see the vision that's there, that God has got there for us. But we have to renew that. We try to keep it in front of you when we talk about giving. We try to give you the testimonies that's coming from there so you know the things that's going on. But every week... The Word of God is going to perform millions of people. Millions of people. We need to pray. That's something that you need to pray for the vision on a regular basis. Commit to witnessing, inviting people to church. Commit ourselves to the kingdom. Remember, it's not... We, souls are always great to get them and have them come to this church, but a soul in the kingdom is a soul in the kingdom. You win your neighbor to the Lord, they may not come to this church, but that's another one added to the kingdom. It's another one added to the kingdom. And you're never, ever too old to work for the Lord. You're never too old to work for the Lord. Some people are old. Other people are like me. They're a classic. Classic you want. Old you don't, right? Do you take an old car? Nobody wants an old car. Unless it's a classic. It could be a 1950. It could be a 1957 Chevy. Everybody wants a 1957 Chevy. What about a 1949 Chevy Coupe? 
Yeah, 1949 Chevy Coupe. I, I was born in 1949. See how classic I am? Why? Because it's the way we look at ourselves. Do we look at ourselves the way God looks at us as a soul winner? As a person who God wants to bless? He wants to give us things. He wants to do things for us. Or do we see ourselves as, well, we got one foot in the, I got one foot in the grave and the other one's on a banana pillow. I'm not. I'm ready to go back to Africa. Next time, it's time to go. Time to go. And do you realize that when I walk in a place over there, I'm the oldest person there? Just about everywhere I go. Because people don't live that long over there. I mean, there probably are some. I just don't know who they are. But the thing about it is, I'm the oldest guy in the, oldest guy in the building. But I'm the one that's up there saying, praise God, praise God, praise God. Right? Because God has given me the desire to do more for Him. And I'm not pointing to myself, but what I'm saying is, look at yourself differently that God wants to use you. When Pat and Shirley go to the jail ministry, she comes home. She's bubbling when she comes in the front door. She's about nine feet off the ground. Well, how many did you, how many did you have, have today? She tell me, well, how many give the heart to the Lord? Oh, we had 14 give their heart to the Lord today. Oh, we had 28 young women give their hearts to the Lord today. And you look at their prayer request, you know, and you see the prayer request and the sincerity. My wife was printing out today. She's printing out a, 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 one of the Christmas songs. I looked over and said, she's printing Christmas songs. She said, yep. She said, the girls want to sing. She said, the girls said they wanted to sing uh, uh, Christmas, Christmas songs. So tomorrow, Shirley and Pat's going to be teaching them how to be singing Christmas songs with them and leading them to the Lord, right? So it's good to do things, whatever. Now, all these visions that we have, the personal visions that we have, the one that God gives for the church, the one for the Lord, the one of heaven, all of these things, Satan wants to steal the visions and revelations from us. He doesn't want us to have them. We need to want to have them, but John 10.10 says, the, chief, the, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came so that you would have life and have it more abundantly. So there, I want to share quickly, quickly, six things that the devil wants to do to steal your vision. First, he wants you to doubt God. Think of your vision, whatever it is. He wants you to doubt that God can do what God has told you He's going to do for you. What God has laid out for you to do, and maybe what you haven't found yet because you haven't really sought it. A lot of times, I think Jonathan was the one, I think he preached a, was going to preach a message, he made a preach on dreams. Don't, let you, don't, don't lose your dream. Don't lose your dream. Dreams, dreams are visions. Dreams get visions. But the things about it, many times we have visions. How many of you have a vision? Of something that you want to do in your life? That you, that you, something. A lot of you. If you don't, find out what God wants you to do. Pray and say, God, show me. Show me my purpose. Show me what you want me to do. I want to go there. And once you go there, don't doubt it. John 20, verse 7 says, Then he said to Thomas, Reach in your fingers, in the, look at my uh, finger here, and look at my hands, and reach hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Don't doubt. We talk about, everybody says, well, he was doubting Thomas. That's what they call him, doubting Thomas. That's why you remember Thomas, doubting Thomas. Who was Thomas in the Bible? He was the one that doubted. 
is a big thing because he doubted because he wasn't there and he didn't see what all the other people saw. When the devil tempts you to doubt God, don't let your circumstances de- determine your God. Let your God determine your circumstance. I want to repeat that. When the devil tempts you to doubt God, don't let your circumstance determine your God, but let your God determine your circumstance. Because that's what God wants us to do. He says, have faith. We can't do anything without faith. And that's the one thing He wants to rob, because that's how He robs our visions, is when He takes and puts doubts that we can do it. Would anybody ever believe that a church the size of ours would have a ministry to millions of people in, in Africa and Europe? There's a lot of churches that are a lot bigger than we are that aren't doing it. But it's because God gave that vision and and the church caught the vision and went with the vision and God provides for the vision. God provides. And He does it through you as you invest in the ministry of the Lord. The devil wants to, number two, for you live in fear. Psalms 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord... And he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. The devil wants your faith to be ineffective and bring fears into your circumstances. Every circumstance that we go through, I'll put it this way, every negative circumstance that we go through is a trial of our faith and our confidence in the Lord. And Satan wants to get you in a circumstance, in a place that you lose your confidence and your faith that God can get you through that place. I'm standing before you tonight. I have been in many, many situations in my life that I didn't know how I was going to get through them. But I'm here today. I'm not... Everything, some of you here today have gone through real trials and tribulations in your life. But you're here. You made it. Right? And I'm telling all of you young people, there may be things that come into your life and circumstances that come into your life that may try to bring fear into your life that you can't get through that. I'm telling you, hold on to the Lord. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to your faith in God. And God will get you through the deepest, deepest, deepest parts of your life. It's there for you. Okay? The devil wants you to feel insecure. Now, there's some people that are just insecure people. They doubt themselves and, and very insecure in their things. And a lot of people say, well, Brother Graham, you're, you're, you're boisterous, you're outgoing and whatever. But there's been times in my life that I felt very insecure in what I was doing. I didn't feel like I was worthy to do what I was doing. But God got me through them and God strengthened me through them. But God... But the devil wants you to feel insecure. Don't let the devil tell you that you're unloved and not good enough. God doesn't make junk. And God calls and equips who He calls, He equips to do what He's called them to do. Whatever God has called you to do, He will equip you to do exactly what He's called you to do, no matter what it is. You say, I can't see it. You don't have to see it. You just have to believe it. That's what faith is. Faith is believing in yourself, believing that God will strengthen you, that God will give you what you need to do when any circumstance comes into your life. And no matter what happens, keep trusting Jesus. 
Satan puts, when you go through the trials and tribulations, it's for one thing, and that's to, for you to walk away from Jesus. Never walk away. Walk into the fire. We talked about burn, burn today in the songs. We need to learn to walk into the fire with the confidence, like the three Hebrew children. They were thrown into the fire. But even in the fire, Jesus was there. And through your fire, you may not see him, but he's there. That one that talks about when you can't see him, he's still working. Even though you don't see it, he's still working. The Lord showed me that one time before I ever knew the song Waymaker even was even a song of a, of a river that had a dam in it. And I looked in the, in, out in the river, and there was a bunch of leaves in the, out in the water. And I could see the water running over the little, little dam that was there, you know, flowing down. The water was running. I could see it moving. I knew the water was moving because it was running. It was dumping into the little creek that was there. But I put my finger on those, uh, against the tree on the other side, and the, and the leaves weren't moving. They just weren't moving. But that water was moving, but they weren't moving. You know, I went and I wrote it all down. And I said, there's got to be a message or an illustration in this. And that's when the Lord showed me. He says, even though you don't see it, I'm working. The leaves may be standing still, but I'm down here, and you know this water's moving. You know I'm moving because you see the water going over the, over the waterfall, right? You see it going over, so you know the water's moving. But even when you can't see it, God's moving. Even when you don't even think about it, you don't even know you need it, He's working. And I love that song because it talks about that. But God, the devil, you're God's handiwork. And in Christ, you are not only good, you are more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. It even says in Romans eight thirty-seven this way in the NASB, it says, but in all things we overwhelmingly conquer. We overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loves us. Wow. Then, four, it says, Satan wants to convince you that you need to avoid church. A lot of people say, well, I'm, you have to realize who I'm speaking to tonight, right? The ones that are here. The ones that hear, need to hear this is the ones that's not here. So hopefully you're hearing this. We can find all the reasons in the world not to come to church, but we need to be in church. Because there's strength in numbers. There's strength, and it's becoming active. You know what I'm saying? Active uh, uh, in the church. You know, in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the unity of the church. You've got the arms, you've got the legs, the eyes, the ears, everything's apart. Everybody's here is part of one body. The art fellowship is one body, right? All of us are members of that one body. Not all of us are the head. She's the head. Can't have more than one head. It look kind of funny. And when you try to get more than one head at the top, there's problems, right? That's the reason why we have one head that's faster. Everything else falls down below it, right? And we all have a place. How many of you know your place? Find our places. I said, some people talk about how important certain things are in the body. What's the most important part of the body? 
What's the most important part of the body? Huh? The heart. How many of you believe heart's the most important part of the body? Okay. Somebody else knows something else. So what, what, what's the most Give me another one. What's the most important? If it's not the heart, what is it? Yes. The one that's needed. That's right. It's the one that the, one that the Lord needs to bring, right? Because it's not here yet, right? Okay, that's the one that... The, 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 the. What if I was to tell you the elbow was the most important? Okay. Uh, Pat? Take the take your water take your water cup, hold it out. Now drink it without bending your elbow. <laughs> you don't think an elbow is important until you try to drink a glass of water, or you try to eat. It's kind of hard to eat if your arm is out here and you can't bend it. So, do you know that if you're the if you're the big toe in a church, that if somebody takes away the big toe, that the church will limp. And will be unstable because when you lose your big toe, you lose your ability to be able to stand and be able to walk if you lose your big toe. Every part of the body is important. If it wasn't important, he wouldn't have given it to you. Right? God wouldn't have given it to us if it wasn't. So remember, don't stay away, but stay involved in the church. Connect with people. Connect with people. I enjoy our meet and eat. I'm just, I, always, I always kind of throw that out. We have it every other Sunday in the evenings and we get together. All we do is just fellowship and we eat together, and it's just a fellowship. And if you really want to get to know some people in the church, come to a fellowship. Get involved in small groups. Any small group gets you in contact with other people. And get in contact and learn to love. If you really want to get close, come with us on Saturdays to help us do food distribution. Come here and help us get all the cans and stuff. Put them all bagged up. You get to know one another, guarantee you. That's what it's all about, is getting involved. Number five, do not... Let the Lord lead you astray. Do not, let the, don't, do not be led astray. Watch out for false prophets and false teachers. I didn't say the Lord. I, I messed up on that, right? Let the Lord lead you astray. Yeah, He's not going to lead you astray. I had lead astray in my eyes, and I saw the Lord, so sorry about that. We can bleep that out. I'll cut that out of the message. But don't be led astray. Watch out for false teachers and false prophets. And uh, the airways are full of churches, and the airways are full of them, and so are the churches. Uh, they come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And you see that in Matthew. It says, Beware of false prophets. That's in uh, Matthew seven fifteen. It says, Beware of false prophets who come in like sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Don't rely on the words of men, but rely on the Word of God. God's is the thing. It's getting... It's getting harder and harder to understand what we see. And I'm telling you, we can't get caught up looking at what the world is. Remember, that's the world. They're sinners. They're sinners. They're going to do sinful things. They're going to do things that are sinful. We don't have to do the same things. God called us to live by His Word and do what His Word. It doesn't matter what the woke people say. It doesn't matter what the world says is the right way. We know what the right way is, and it's right here. Do not be fooled into believing what the world has to say is right because the world doesn't know what's right. If they knew what was right, they'd do it. And the thing about it is, is because they're deceived, 
they truly think they are right. Because that's what deception is. Once you become deceived, you can believe a lie and believe it as truth. But don't get caught into that because that's how your visions and your revelations for God is gone. And the devil, last but not least, the devil wants you to fail. The devil wants to destroy us and all of our expectations and all of our visions and dreams. The devil wants us to settle. He wants us to settle for what the world has and give up on what Jesus has for us. He wants us looking at what the world has and hunger after what the world has instead of hungering after what he has. He says, what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all this other stuff will come as you need it, right? But he says, seek me first. The world is seeking the things of the world. And many Christians are seeking those things of the world thinking that's where all of the answers are. And that's where all the blessings are, is in the world. The blessings are in Christ Jesus. Walking in that light. Walking with a vision. Walking with a revelation that God has for each and every one of us. He wants to destroy all of our expectations. Jesus has so much more things that are better for us. In 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10, the Bible puts it this way. It says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying around the body, the dying of Jesus, so that life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. We carry around Jesus Christ with us everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. It's important for us to realize. 2022 is almost gone. If you didn't get your blessing this year, it's gone. Okay? But we still have 2023 in front of us. God has many great things in store for us individually and for our church. He has great things for everyone's life. All we have to do is catch the vision. Catch it. Hold on to it. When they throw the ball, the football, and the receiver's going out to catch the ball, it doesn't matter if the quarterback threw it 50 yards or 60 yards. It doesn't matter if he's standing in the end zone. If he doesn't catch the ball, it's worth nothing. You go back and start over. We have to catch hold and grab hold to the visions and to the dreams that God has put in your life. Don't let Satan steal them from you. Don't let him take those visions. Don't let him take those revelations from him. But you've got to go into 2023 with great expectations of what you, what God has for you and begin to look and find and look and find and look and find the things that God has for each of every one of us. God wants us to be blessed abundantly. Abundantly. Giving us more than we need. More than we need. Not just skimping by. But why God wants to give us more than we need if we would do nothing but put our trust 
and our confidence in Him. I hope that God has used something that I said tonight to encourage you to hold fast to the things that God has shown you. I don't care if it was 50 years ago that God showed you a vision and it hasn't come to place. Get back and, and keep, yeah, keep the lights turned on to your vision, okay? Keep your hearts turned on and do it. Would you stand with me? Father, I just pray right now, God, that you begin to show us, God, in this coming year, the great things that you have, that we can get a greater year. 2023 will be greater than any year that we've ever had. This church will grow magnified, be growing, Lord, in souls for the kingdom. Lord, may we make disciples, Lord, not only here, but may we make disciples throughout the world. Everywhere that this word goes forth from this church, God, that souls will be blessed, lives will be changed. And needs would be met. God, I thank you, Lord, for all that you do and for all that you accomplish. Lord, may we never forget who Jesus is. May we never forget, Lord, who you are, what you did for us. May we never forget, never stop looking for things that we've never seen before. Just because we haven't had it doesn't mean, Lord, that we can't have it. Let us begin to look for new things in our lives. Lord, let us realize that we have all the authority that's been given to us by Christ to be able to claim these great and precious promises of you. That what we have being in the body of Christ, Lord, that we here as a church, Lord, are united together as one mighty body, as one army, walking lockstep, hand in hand, foot by foot, sword by sword, to be able to carry the gospel to Cyprus and beyond. And God, we thank you for that. God, teach us to, be, to stay alert and not let Satan... Lead us astray or away from your word. But may we keep your word solid in our lives. In our lives, I pray. Let 2023 be a great year. And Lord, may every person's vision of revelation and dreams come true. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.